1: and we're located in Riverside. I'm a certified financial planner and I have three other people in my office that are also certified, and we are fiduciaries. If you'd like to know more about what that means, uh, go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Now, every week what I do is I divide my program into three segments. The first segment is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now in the first segment of the program today in Retirement Update, I've kind of been on a, um, I guess a social security kick for the last several weeks. And I wanna kind of finish up here with an article that, um, that I've been reading here. It's called The Survivor's Guide to Claiming Social Security. And I give credit to Mary Beth Franklin. She is probably one of the premier experts when it comes to social security benefits. But most importantly, what I'm trying to get across here is that Social Security is not easy. And if you are a, um, a married person, if you're a survivor, if, you are, if you've been divorced uh, and you're trying to claim Social Security benefits, it is complex and you need help unless you are very astute. Now, even if you go to the Social Security office, they will not give you planning. Uh, they're not. I've had experience after experience where it is not. A good outcome. But if you're a widow or widowers, you probably have more flexibility, flexibility in social security than if you were trying, you know, trying to claim for uh, retirement benefits. So if you're claiming for survivor benefits, it's really basically two pots of money. You know, a surviving spouse or an eligible surviving divorce spouse can choose one type of benefit first and switch to the other benefit if it results in a higher monthly amount it doesn't matter in which order you claim your benefits or when you were born. So unlike Social Security claiming strategies that limit the ability of some people to claim only spousal benefits, while their own retirement benefits continue to grow up to age 70 to those that were born before January 1st of 1954, surviving spouses and ex-spouses have no birth date restrictions. So, in general, to be eligible for Social Security survivor benefits, a widow or a widower must have been married to the deceased worker for at least nine months and at the time of death, at the time of his or her death. Now, in the case of a surviving ex spouse, the couple must have been married at least 10 years before divorcing. In general, the surviving ex spouse must be single to collect survivor benefits or must have waited until age 60 or later to remarry. Marry. Now in the latter case, a remarried ex-spouse can collect survivor benefits on a deceased ex-spouse even if married to someone else. Did you hear that? You can even if you've been remarried, you can claim the benefits on an ex-spouse if that spouse has died. So survivor benefits are worth 100% of what the deceased worker collected or was entitled to collect at the time of death provided that the survivor claims the benefit at their full retirement age. Now, that's on your Social Security statement. There is three different indicators of, of income, you know, like age 62, full retirement age, and then if you hold off until age 70. But survivor benefits are reduced if collected before full retirement age. So that's really important to know that. In some cases, full retirement age for retirement ben- benefits and survivor benefits may be different. Now generally the earliest age for collecting retirement or spousal benefits is age 62. But if you are a survivor and you're pl- applying for survivor benefits, you can apply as early as 60. But there are exceptions of course and everything has exceptions. You got to know what those are. Now a widowed, uh, you know basically what I did is I had a client who is he's he's a, a widowed client and and 65 years of age, and the question is are they entitled to survivor benefits? Now, their benefit on the survivor benefit was $2,300 a month. Now, in addition, her Social Security retirement benefit would be worth about $2,527 a month at her full retirement age of 66. So the question she came to me was, she said, can I take my survivor benefit now and allow my Social Security benefit to continue to grow until her age 70. Now, remember on on previous programs, if you've listened to me, your benefit grows at 8% a year until age 70. So there's a great deal of benefit. And so what we did is we calculated that her retirement benefit would be worth about $3,300 a month, substantially greater than her survivor benefit. So what she did is she claimed her survivor benefit at $2,527 a month, And she let her retirement benefit continue to grow and see, she would drop that and she would pick up her retirement benefit age 70. Hence, the difference is almost $800 a month difference, a big deal. Now, so what you want to do is make sure that when you're choosing and electing these benefits, that you understand the difference between the, the full retirement age and the collection. So, you know, if you, if you select a benefit and you are younger than the full retirement age, you're going to take a reduction in benefit. It reduces it down. Also, you have to take into account if you're still working. So if you're still working and if you're applying even for survivor benefit as well as retirement benefit, you know, you can only make $18,240 a year or they're going to start reducing your benefits at the rate of $1 for every $2 earned. Now, if you earn in the year that you turn the full retirement age, you have to kind of coordinate that with Social Security. When you start that Social Security, if you started too early, there might be a reduction in benefits. Or you, In fact, I've had some clients where they've had to pay back because they thought they, they, thought they were um, the beneficiary of that and they started too early and then Social Security found out later and made them pay that back or reduce their benefits going forward. So therefore, what you wanna do is to make sure that you understand the difference between a retirement benefit and survivor benefits. These are complex, folks. So what I'm trying to get across is that social security planning is part of what we do as a wealth management firm. It's very important that you understand these monies. And if you choose wrong, you could literally give up thousands of thousands of dollars that you would be entitled to that you cannot go back and readjust. If you'd like to know more about this, or if you want some help with social security planning, give me a call at my office. My phone number is 951-684-7011. And I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. We can do it by web now or however you want to meet with me. We've got multiple ways to do that. But again, making sure that you get the right social security planning is really, really important. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. Okay, folks, the market is moving up and it's moved up basically through April and it's continuing to move up in May. And it looks like we're actually going to finish out this month with a positive gain for the month. In light of all the things that are going on, are you certain that we are going to have a recovery that's going to be quick? Or are you you on the camp that believes that the recovery is going to take some time? Now, investors... This is, this is really important. Investors are, are really prone to wishful thinking. And what we're seeing in the swing in stock prices is that they are applying unwarranted hope that the market is rational and they believe that they have somewhat of an inside track on what is happening. And this is what's going on is that individual stocks, there's, you know, they'll get some news, for example, uh, Moderna came out with a, um, you know, that they were having progress in the development of vaccine, and just based upon that news, the stock market goes goes crazy. Then the next day, there is a indication: well, the vaccine isn't nearly as as good as what they had first uh, thought. Then the stock market goes down completely, and individual stocks that have had just phenomenal negative impact, like airlines and such as that. They have just gone through the roof. So we've seen like United Airlines go up as much as 21% last week, but then we see it. But then the staples, you know, the stocks that have done really well through the worst of the uh, downturn, like Campbell's Soups and, you know, Kroger and Clorox, they got sold off because they were considered, you know, that they were maybe overbought or something like that. So the scale of these moves shows three things that are going on. The first one is wishful thinking. Investors are willing to bet on what they what they want to have happen, acting first and doing the analysis later. In other words, they're acting on what they feel, not based upon what they know. And again, the market is not rational. And typically, the market isn't irrational. You know, it isn't rational for uh, for most people. But once again, there's a strong tendency for winners to become losers and vice versa. And when you see all of this change. That means the market is not making rational decisions. So second, investors are highly uncertain. If you talk to people about the probability of a rapid return to normal and a slow ex- or, a, or a slow extended recovery, in other words, going from a V, uh, we talked about letters in past radio programs, you know, are we gonna have a V recovery or are we gonna have a U recovery? In other words, it's gonna take longer. Pretty much everyone can agree that a vaccine will make a fast recovery much more likely, but at the same point in time, nobody can tell you exactly when the vaccine will be produced, be effective, and when it will be sent out amongst the general population. So therefore, what, what are you making your decisions on? Now, the third thing is that many stocks are so beaten up that they become like almost like survival plays. So behaving more like options rather than traditional shares. So if the probability of airlines or cruise companies going bust falls even a little, it justifies a big jump in their stock price. So changes in the likelihood of a V recovery, remember the letter, the V, means that it hits a bottom and it automatically goes right back to where it was before because we've had these indications in the past. We've seen them like in Brexit vote, we've seen them in other things in the past where people thought, okay, this is gonna have a very long-term impact when in fact, it really had very little impact upon the economy and the economy recovered quickly. This in our belief, what's going on right now with the pandemic is not going to be a V recovery. This is not gonna be back to where we were prior to the downturn early on in this year. This is gonna take some time for us to get out. But but if you all care about is how much you've made and not whether you're lagged behind the market, the places to be, in other words, you wanna be in high quality stocks or disruptive technology, or a little bit of both. And you should not be concerned about the day-to-day movements. You know, quality stocks, those with less leverage and more stable earnings than average and disruptive technology companies, both rose less than the market on last week, for example. But more importantly, is the safety first approach that's worked, just as it has over the long-term. You have to have your mentality that You're investing not for today, not even for next month, but you should have a mentality. What are the stocks that I wanna own, let's say a year or two years from now? Now, there's gotta be a note of caution here because stocks can get very, very expensive. And they started to reach that point early on in the year. Hence, that's what we did is we started to harvest because because they become too expensive. And when you buy something that becomes too expensive, it takes a long time to recover from that. Let me give you a case in point. Coca Cola price, the share price of Coca Cola prior to the 2000 recession, I'll go back to 1998. That was 22 years ago. It hit an interday high. If you happen to be somebody that was really enthusiastic about Coca Cola, thinking that the price of Coca Cola would continue to rise above that price set, and if you bought it at the interday high in 1998, it would have taken you 20 two years to get back to that. So therefore, you have to be very careful about the valuations and literally the valuations is probably the most important thing that you have to be focused on. So therefore, what's going on is there's a change in the economy and it's coming primarily from technology change. So think of Amazon, think of Facebook, think of Microsoft, think of you know all these companies that are technology-based companies First of all, they're not very sensitive to debt. A lot of these companies have phenomenal amounts of cash, but it also it doesn't cost that much to make the product once they get it produced and gets it you know once it gets accepted by the uh, by the general public. So therefore, it it's the valuation of you know how do you how do you structure uh, your portfolio is, and you build quality companies, but you have to look at the the earnings, the price to book. There's there's a methodology. That you look at not only in the not only in the acquisition of stocks, but also in the retention of stocks. So back in February, the stocks were extremely expensive, and because of that extreme, you have to start looking at harvesting and taking some of your profit. I sat down and talked with many of my clients between December, between actually November and February, uh, earlier on, and we started to take an analysis of of the valuation of the stocks and started repositioning those holdings. And what we wanna do is to get into a valuation that made more sense going forward. Now, as the world starts to return to normal and demand for safety recedes, still the valuation of your companies that you're buying, you don't wanna be owning companies that had a high valuation prior to the downturn and you don't want to be so foolish as to hang on to those stocks going forward. In other words, again, going to the example of Coca-Cola, it took 22 years for that stock to regain its share position that it had back in 1998. So the risk is making sure that you have companies that are going to be resilient and they're their quality companies. They have lower debt. That's what the research that we do. And we work with companies that we have phenomenal research staff and analysts it help us select the companies going forward. Also, the other thing you have to be careful of is that interest rates are very low right now. Interest rates will start to rise. And you wanna make sure that you're in place with companies that are not gonna be affected negatively as interest rates start to rise, particularly companies that have leverage. Because I can assure you that interest rates will not stay as the economy starts to rebuild and get itself back. You wanna make sure that you have companies that are gonna be resistive to interest rates rising. Again, the selection of the companies and diversification across the board is really important. So therefore, you know, if you think it's a V recovery, more power to you. Go forward. But I think it's a fool's errand to go in and think that this economy is just going to turn on a dime and it's going to move right back up. It's probably going to be more like a U and it's going to take a while for this to settle out and for unemployment to be absorbed until we can get those jobs back again. So again, if you'd like to know more about how we analyze and how we make decisions for clients to help them weather through the good times as well as the bad times, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. I would love to sit down and talk with you about your retirement plans and how you can sustain your assets for the rest of your life. Planning by the numbers is important, folks. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm gonna talk about news you can use.
0: or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590,
1: the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. So I'm talking to a lot of clients about when, the, um, when this virus, when this pandemic, or when people feel comfortable uh, in traveling again. And I've, t- I've talked to some people about some phenomenal deals. They've, they've, they've looked at uh, airline flights and cruises and vacations. And they're saying, my goodness, these prices are, are phenomenal. And so there's an article in the Wall Street Journal. I, I clipped it out. It's called uh, Think Before You Buy a Flight Deal. And the coronavirus has many homebound travelers pondering an inexpensive vacation once social distancing eases. And what I like about this article, it gives really good sense and good advice about how you should book your flights, your cruises, your vacations, your hotel rooms. And it gives a lot of different websites that you can go to, but it also gives you the uh, kind of the pricing structure. And what's going on in the airline industry? And it says, you know, it steps out. It says, what if the air, airfare is cheaper than dinner or what you'd spend on Uber or taxis? Say, for example, Boston to Orlando in mid-June for $41. And that's a round trip, including taxes. Um, or Philadelphia to Las Vegas uh, early November for $73. Maybe you're tempted to New York to Los Angeles or Los Angeles, New York for $177 you know, just back in June last year, it was $345. So it's like half the cost. The question is, should you book it? And he goes on to talk about, he said, don't be dumb and dangerous by traveling during a pandemic, just because fares are cheap. He goes on what you should do to talk about, you know, not only traveling nationally, but also internationally, and some of the conditions that you should be expecting, and what you should be considering before you book a flight. Like there's some flights, all you're doing is you're making a loan to the airline industry and you're hoping to pick up a cheap flight or or translate that price into a flight going forward. A lot of those come back with a time restriction. So if you're buying a a flight that is really, really cheap and you think I can use it now uh, a year from now or six months from now, oftentimes those flights have a time restriction. So you go back to change, they'll then they'll up your price. They'll do a change price on you. So you have to be really, really careful. Also with luxury hotels, you got to try to avoid discounting prices. Um, What they're end up doing, they're probably just adding days. So they'll add a fourth, fifth, maybe additional days and free meals or whatever. They're also waiving prepayment and cancellation penalties. There's a lot of things that you you can look at that will probably be to your advantage, but it is buyer beware. So oftentimes when people go in and they'll They'll pick a price thinking that that's really a bargain price and they'll end up that they'll end up paying more. Also, the article, it makes sense. It says, be careful that you don't have an extended trip to someplace that you don't want to live for a long time. So let's say there's a breakout in the pandemic. Again, all of a sudden flights are canceled and you're stuck someplace across country or potentially across the world that not necessarily you want to be, uh, that's, that's where you want to spend the next two weeks before you get back home. So there's some, some risks here, talks about bargain hunting, and I'll be more than happy to send it out to you, remembering you know, what you need to know before you book something like this. You wanna be smart with your money, you wanna be smart with your decisions, and you wanna make sure that the, the experience that you have is not just a bargain, but if you're gonna have a vacation, you wanna enjoy the time that you're spending there. So therefore, if you'd like to have this copy of this article, give me a call at my office at 951 684 7011 or just simply go to my website and say I like the article on think before you buy a flight deal and we'll send that out to you until next week folks may you grow in wisdom and knowledge